Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. The title of today's message is called Good Baggage. And the birth of this message came from what we just did earlier, which is praying for some people that will be leaving us. Because uh, I knew coming in this week that it will be the last Sunday for some people. And my heart's cry is to be able to, you know, do life, uh, you know, without, you know, stopping, you know, growing from, uh, with our church, you know, growing old with uh, our church. But of course, that's not going to be the reality, uh, not just for our church, but in life really, uh, because God is the one that determines our times and our seasons. But I figured that just because I, I can't be uh, with every church member all the time uh, doesn't mean that I can't deposit certain things. And so I want to deposit certain things into our spirit uh, today that will help us grow and navigate this thing called life. And these are some baggages that we got to drag through uh, our entire lives. As you know, there are some baggages that are not good. You know, call them emotional baggage or, or just baggage, right? Have you heard that before? People say, I've got baggage. I'm like, wow, that's deep. You know, we, we you can't even define it. It's just baggage. But this is good baggage. This is stuff that God wants us to carry with us all the days of our lives. And this, of course, is not just for the people that are leaving us. This is for all of us. Amen? And I hope that this will be like an inner compass. And uh, I, I hope that it will bless you just like it has blessed even me as I was preparing this message. You know, God, is, and I want you to know, this is not just your pastor trying to give you some uh, uh, words of wisdom. This is from Jesus himself. It is actually Jesus who gave us these baggages. And we're going to read some scripture today. We're going to unpack them. And then we're going to talk about what these three baggages are. So if you're taking out notes, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Write that down. And then in a while, we're going to turn to Luke chapter 9, verse 23 as well. But we're going to start at Matthew 16, 24. Matthew 16, 24, you've heard this preached. You've heard, even, even read this before. Uh, it says this, Then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. Amen? This is something that we're all familiar with. There are three things that God asks us that we've got to do to pursue Him. Let's read another account of this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. It says pretty much the same thing, but repetition is good when it comes to the Word of God. Then He said to them all, to them all. So again, this is not just for uh, the people that are moving back. Uh, this is for all of us. If anyone desires to come after Me, let him deny himself Take up his cross and follow me. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, three points. Pastor, you're going to talk about how to deny yourself, how to pick up your cross, and how to follow me. No, we're going to look at them collectively. <laughs> what, what, did I just read the mind of the entire church? We're going to, we're going to look at them collectively. And uh, from this, you know, begin to have three things. Why do I call it baggages? Because it's a choice. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you, you can. But if you want to be my true believers... These are some things you got to do. And in a while, as we talk about these baggages, you'll realize why it's an option because not every Christian you know is doing it. But my hope is that all of us would carry these three baggages and, and allow them to be a blessing, not a burden. Amen? So baggage number one, 
the baggage of purpose. You must understand that when Jesus came to earth, He didn't come to start a club. He wasn't about numbers. You see, if He was about numbers, He wouldn't advertise it this way. He would say, if you want to come and follow me, follow me. And I will lead you to a land of milk and honey where there will be no worries. Everyone just be happy. Sign up here. Or, or to, to even make it convenient, you know, go to this website, download this app. And then, you know, click like, you know, subscribe today, smash that, whatever. But, but Jesus didn't do. Jesus didn't give a reward. Jesus almost gave a warning. And, and, and why is He doing that? Because God is looking for disciples. And that's what I mean by the baggage of purpose. You are not just a believer, you are a disciple. You know, and, and not only that, God is looking for disciples. When Jesus said, you know, those who want to follow me, if you want to be my disciples, this is what you do. Whether you like it or not, it's not your choice, but God has purpose for you. And it is up to you whether you want to carry this baggage of purpose. And what is that purpose? God wants you to come on a journey and He wants to groom you. He wants to repair you. He wants to refine you. He wants to revive you. And He wants to set you on a path to glorify Him. You know, in fact, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse uh, 7, if you are a deep person always wondering what is the meaning of life, Isaiah 43, verse 7 spells it out. Our life, we, God is the one who has created us and He has created us for His glory. You can go back, you can look this up. But in short, God created us for His glory. In other words, we live, breathe, die to bring glory to Christ. And that is something that we're going to carry with us for the rest of our lives. And how does this apply to us? You know, this means that no matter what you're going through, there's a purpose. And that purpose is to glorify God. No matter what you're going through, whether you're coming here to study for the first time, there's a purpose. There's a God purpose. That purpose is not for our self-enjoyment. Why? Because Jesus said, if you want to follow Him, you've got to deny yourself. It's not about you, 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 you. It's about Him, Him, and Him. And God is giving us this reassurance that, that I've got purpose that if you want to carry all, you're going to go far. And so the question is, would we live this life carrying that purpose? You know, this new job that God is blessing you with, there's a purpose. This new place that you're moving to, there's a purpose. Uh, this, uh, everything, you know, it's not a question of what if. Sometimes we, we, I like to ask people this question, what if London is not just a place, a new place for you to work and live, what if London is a place for you to go to the next level for God? But of course, the reality is not what if, it is. Every opportunity is an opportunity to glorify God. That job is to glorify Him. That, 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 that opportunity is to glorify Him. And nothing happens for no reason. But pastor, how can you say that? There are certain things that happen and it's really sad. Like the death of a loved one. How do I tell my friend who's struggling with, with anger and mourning that God has a purpose? How, how do I tell my friend what is that purpose? Sometimes we don't have to tell a friend. We just need to let God tell our friend. But if I can tell that friend, I would say that that purpose is to glorify God. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that 
your loved one had to die so that God can be glorified. God's not bloodthirsty in that way. But maybe what glorifies God is a believer going through a tough time and still trusting God at the end. And that entire process glorifies God. Do you understand? What is God looking for? He's looking for disciples. How do you test someone by giving them an exam? As much as we love open book exams, or even no exams, that's not the case. Whether we realize it or not, we all learn, whether in school or in life, we learn through conflict. Think about the last time you learned something in your job. Was there conflict? Conflict with your boss? Conflict with your deadline? You know, when was the last time you learned about, how do you learn about financial provision? There was a conflict between your bank account and your expenditure. You know, how do you learn about things? It's always through conflict. God always leads us to a place where He is the only thing we have left. And so with that, don't you see, friends, you're able to navigate life. Let's say bad things begin to happen to you. As the saying goes, when it rains, it pours. And you're thinking to yourself, what is the, what is the purpose of all this, God? And if we don't carry the baggage of purpose, we, we can be angry. And we end up carrying the wrong baggages, the baggage of anger, the baggage of resentment. Have you heard of those baggages before? The baggage of unforgiveness. Amen? But God is saying that, would you carry the baggage of purpose in the face of, of, of you know, death and uncertainty, in the face of tragedy? Would you still go like, God, I, I know that you are good. And because you are good, there is a purpose. And so I'm going to go through this mess because I believe in your purpose. And that purpose can either be for me to fulfill a mission or that purpose is to groom me or that purpose is to glorify you. So that when people look at the mess that you're going through, they are attracted to that mess. Do you know that sometimes your friends are not attracted to your blessing but they're attracted to your tragedy? Let me explain. You know, I have heard countless times before where people, students, for example, say that, you know what, actually, uh, even though I failed this one paper, a lot of my friends started coming to me and, and they started asking me about how come you're so at peace? Where does your peace come from? We're going through the same exam. It's driving me insane. I can't sleep. I can't eat. And yet you seem to be enjoying the best time of your life. We're on the same boat. And yet my boat feels like it's sinking. Your boat feels like it's sailing. What's your secret? Do you understand, church? You know, it's not just in our blessing and in our breakthrough. That, and don't get me wrong. You know, when God heals you, like how our sister shared today, that's, that's an opportunity to glorify God. So that's what I mean. In everything, in your blessing is to glorify God. In your tragedy is to glorify God. You know, and, and when we begin to carry this, this is what Jesus wanted. If you want to follow me, understand that this is going to be a, a, a training you know, ground. This is not going to be an easy road. Uh, this is going to be an obstacle course that I want you to run through. But I guarantee you, by the end of it, oh, you will emerge victorious and glorifying to God. Amen? So I pray. Amen. Whether it's for people that are going off, you know, if, I'm on, if you're starting a new job, hey, that job has a purpose. 
And that purpose is, is, is varied. That purpose, it could, could be for you to establish your career because that's God's calling over your life. That purpose could be to provide for you so that you can be a provider to the rest of your family. That's a great purpose as well. Or that purpose, you know, but no matter what it is, it's also to glorify God. You know, when you begin to provide for your family, that glorifies God. When you begin to be established in your career, that glorifies God. But, but even if that job is, is, is a baptism of fire, and we have jobs like that. We all, those of us who have worked long enough, you have jobs like that. You know, or maybe, you know, I, I know some people here, you know, they're doctors and that's a career for life, but there are postings that are like a baptism of fire. And they're like, oh, you know. I still remember uh, I have, uh, you know, one of my sisters, uh, you know, is a doctor. Well, I have a lot of sisters who are doctors, but, but one of them said that, uh, you know, they, they used to uh, want to do uh, a certain specialization. They, set, they used to want to study, you know, pediatrics and until they did the posting. And then they realized that, oh, that's not for me. And so there are baptisms of fire, but all those things serve a purpose. And that purpose is to refine you and that purpose is to glorify God. Amen? Point number two, baggage number two, is the baggage of change. Someone said before, the only thing constant about life is change. And that's true. But God's not just talking about change of scenery. God's talking about real change. Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself and carry your cross. And that means change. Now, I don't do this often. I shared before that I don't have dreams a lot, but I, I had a dream and I, just fresh this morning. And I believe that God wanted to give it to me to, as a message to the church, but also to tie into this point. So in my dream, uh, we were doing church. Yeah, what do pastors dream of? Church. And uh, we were doing church, and then one of the ushers came to me and go, Pastor, Pastor, there's a newcomer who wants to uh, meet you. And uh, in my dream, it was, you know, it, it, church hasn't started yet, service hasn't started yet, but it was set up. So a new visitor had arrived earlier. So I still remember, I came in that door at the back. And when I came in, this visitor, in my dream, uh, there was something otherworldly about him. He looked human, but he wasn't human. And the first giveaway was that he was taller than the ceiling. And in fact, talking to me, he had to be hunched down. And he was carrying, I, I see, he was carrying a, 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 a red box, like a present. And he turned to me, and he smiled, and I shook his hand, and my hand was, you know, it wasn't a firm handshake because my hand couldn't fit his whole hand. His hand grabbed my hand. And, and, and in my dream, uh, and, 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 and I just go like, oh, and the new visitor, this person turned and go like, oh, I hope I'm not being a bad newcomer by asking this. But are you prepared for me? And then I woke up. And I couldn't shake off. I was like, what is going on? And I begin to ask God. God, you know, because I begin to go like, oh, it's strange. I don't usually have dreams. I have a dream now. And your brain begins to tell you, you know, dreams are actually a collection of images that you see every day. And I go like, I've never seen that in my everyday before. So God, if, if because we, we have a loving God, we can have a conversation with God. God, Holy Spirit, if this is from you, uh, I want to have an understanding. Help me to interpret this dream. 
And God gave me a very simple interpretation that visitor is the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is saying that, are you ready for me? And His hand is a gift. And God began to tell me, and I began to first of all go like, God, does that mean you've never been to X Church before? <laughs> Ooh, that's a scary heart check for a pastor. Oh my word, have we just been invoking the name of the Holy Spirit in vain? Like, like have you never been here? And of course, I feel the Holy Spirit say, no, no, I've been, but I want to do a new thing. So I'm coming in a new way. I'm coming in a new form that you don't immediately understand. And, and, but there's a certain familiarity about me and I turn to you and I say, are you ready? Are you prepared for me? And I come bearing gifts. And I, I go like, whoa, God. And why I feel God begin to speak to me is that, you know, is the church ready for the new move of the Holy Spirit? Last week we talked about God and the Holy Spirit hovering over our church, wanting to hover over our church like a big, fat rain cloud waiting to downpour blessing and anointing and revival and healing. And we talk about how we want to be ready for that. We want to dig up the channels and make sure that when God pours out His anointing, pours out His, His, His move, that we, we channel it in the right way, channel it to the harvest. And so I feel again like, like God is throwing us back to that message and go like, I, I want to move, but are you ready? And what God is trying to tell me is for a new move of the Holy Spirit, we need to change. And so suddenly now the baggage of change speaks volumes to me. What does it mean by the, the, the baggage of change? It means this. Do you live life with a constant desire to improve yourself? We want to improve our financial status. We want to improve our status, period. But, but many times, we don't want to talk about improving our spiritual walk. When was the last time we cried to God and said, God, help me to pray bigger prayers. God, help me to have courage to pray for my friends. God, help me to stop being timid and start living and walking by faith. God, help me to start believing in miracles. God, help me to start believing that you can use me. God, help me to start believing for the salvation of my family. God, help me to up my game. And that's the thing that God wants to challenge us as a church, but also as individuals. Because this is something, this is a baggage. Deny yourself. What does that mean? Deny yourself. God is not saying, I did not call you into salvation so that you can live a self-centered life. No, I call you into salvation so that you can be refined by me, so that you can start saying less of me, God, more of you. But also carry your cross. When you carry your cross, you know, nowadays we, we say carry your cross like, like a burden, right? And so maybe we, we use it, you know, to describe uh, a, a terrible boss to work under. Oh, housework, oh, it's okay. My, my boss is crazy, but you know what? That's my cross to bear. Have you heard that being said before? You know? Oh, how's your job? Oh, it's good. Just that I had to travel. I had to wake up by 6 a.m. and travel to the other side of town, but that's my cross to bear. You know, how, how's, uh, uh, how's your kids? Oh, that's my cross to bear, you know? I can say that because none, none of us here have kids yet. And, uh, but that's not what the cross meant. When Jesus carried the cross, in fact, when the cross was invented, 
Let's go back to the original purpose of the cross. It was to execute criminals. It represented death. Of course, praise God, because of Jesus' resurrection, what the world once used as a symbol of death, now we use as a symbol of life and hope. Amen? So praise God. But it doesn't change the fact that when Jesus was talking to them, it was still a symbol of death. And so God is saying that, are you carrying a baggage of change? Meaning that, when was the last time you asked God to change you and you also asked God to put to death habits in your life? Put to death the wrong thinking in your life. And God is saying that, I, I want my church to be alive. And the church has life as a church that grows. And God is not talking about numerical growth. God is talking about our spiritual growth. Are we growing? Amen. Or are we still, are we still living a fearful life even though we're Christian? Oh, I'm Christian, but I'm, I'm still afraid to say grace in public. Oh, I'm a Christian, but I'm still afraid to tell my friends that I'm a Christian. I, I'm, I'm Christian, but you know, I'm, I'm still afraid. Fill in the blank. Afraid to profess my faith. Afraid to say no. Afraid to stand according to His Word. Afraid to pray. Afraid to give. Afraid to tithe. Afraid! And so certain things, it's not so much to change, but certain things we got to ask God, God, would you kill it? God, would you kill the spirit of fear in my life? God, would you kill the spirit of timidity in my life? God, there's certain things I don't want anymore. It's not just the habits and the addictions. God, certain things that, that look harmless on the outside, but uh, that actually, you know, it's, it's there to kill my faith walk. God, I don't want safe Christianity because that's not the Christianity you promised. So we're going to carry the baggage of change. The problem with the baggage of change or the problem with any baggage is we can lose it. How many lost baggage before in your travels? <laughs> and sometimes we, it, it gets too heavy. We drop it. It gets too heavy. We start unpacking and throwing stuff out. You know, recently I, someone told me, you know, sometimes people say that, oh, no, my church has so many old people. And then but they say it in a negative way. But you know, old people who are revived are awesome. It's so awesome. But you know what's scarier? Young old people. <laughs> and I realized that old is not an age. Old is a spirit. When you stop learning or when you stop wanting to improve yourself, you become old. It's not when I'm old, then I stop learning. No, when you stop wanting to learn, you become old. When you stop wanting to change, you become old. So there can be young, old people in church. No, I don't understand why, no. Must, must, must stand to welcome the speaker. I don't understand, you know. You know, why this pastor talks so long? Doesn't he understand that there are research that shows that 30 minutes is the optimum attention span? And if he preaches longer than 30 minutes, I, I, I know I, I cannot be blamed if I fall asleep in church. And, and, and because you cannot be blamed, you stop challenging yourself and you, you, you reduce yourself to 30 minutes. And then after a while, you start seeing how come everyone's so excited and he starts going like things like, you know what? I think this church is too radical for me. Everyone is just too positive. 
You know, why do they worship God like, like he's, he's the Savior of the world? Come on, guys. We become old. You know, it's easy to knock old people or oh, look at them, they don't jump anymore. It's not about that. I've seen young people who don't jump. I've seen young people who don't clap. I've seen young people who don't praise because old is a spirit. And we've got to go like, God, help me to always carry this baggage of change. I want to change. I want to improve. God, give me your stamina. God, I don't want to have a sleepy stamina. I want to have your pain threshold, Jesus. Where even in your dying breath on the cross, dying for our sins, you're still evangelizing. Hey, you want to join me in paradise? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. God, I want to change for your glory. Point number three, baggage number three. The baggage of standing out. Do you know that when you carry a cross, you stand out? Literally, physical cross, you stand out. Do you know that if you had to physically carry a cross, this was not what Jesus meant, but let's say if it was, if you physically had to carry a cross, you can't take the tube. Uh, people might be irritated at you on the bus. You know, you're there on the cross, so you're trying to stand at a place where maybe where the baby strollers are at and then somebody comes and goes, I need to use the baby stroller. What, what was this? What's... Jesus was also telling us that if you want to follow me, like it or not, you will stand out. The question is, are we okay with standing out? Do you know when you travel, and because I've traveled with uh, bands before, uh, they have a special counter for the, the thing they call odd-sized baggage. Because the baggage doesn't fit the traditional, it's, it's, it's maybe too fragile, it's maybe too long, too, too weird, it's odd-sized baggage, you've got to check it out. You know, you've got you to check it in at another counter, etc. I believe that God wants us to dare to carry His odd-sized baggage. Of course, when I say stand out, I'm not asking us to be self-righteous. I'm not asking us to be overly spiritual, you know. So, pastor, at my new job, once I find my cubicle, I'll put a huge cross there and I'll put speakers and every day I'll just be playing Hillsong 24-7. I'll DJ for the whole office. That's not the type of standing out that God wants us to do. What about standing out for your convictions. Again, I don't like to do this, but remember I had a dream. And so God just gave me that interpretation. I'm like, whoa, wow. And God does it sometimes. When I ask for interpretation, he, it's, it's a gift that he, he lends me for a while. And, and then Pastor Kat turned to me and go, like, oh, I, had a, I had a strange dream. And she told me the dream and and I wasn't planning to be over-spiritual, but sometimes when you're, when you're rolling in the gift, the gift just functions. And I interpreted her, her dream. And, and, and suddenly I realized that maybe it's not just a random coincidence, because again, God doesn't work by coincidence. It's again for us today. And so in that dream, Pastor Kat said that she, uh, her whole company, uh, no, uh, whoever, she was with this bunch of people, she was part of a team, and they joined this uh, competition. It's a race. But instead of a usual race, it's an eating race. <laughs> so each person 
has a station, and so it's like a relay. So someone will eat, let's say, a uh, 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 beep, or oh, hot dog, uh, finish hot dog, and then you tag your next friend, and then your next friend, oh, ice cream, finish all, all ice cream, and then tags the other friend. And then so in her dream, she was part of that, and she was the one that was at the, the last, you know, she's going to finish it. And then they tag her, and then suddenly, you know, it's like a competition, as, as if like those Japanese game show, there's, there's a choice. Boom. You can either eat pork, which, you know, uh, uh, all the, 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 the weird parts of the pork, uh, but, but they're less. Or you can eat this whole big tray of drumsticks, chicken drumsticks. But there's a lot. There's a mountain of drumsticks versus some pork that were from the odd bits of the pig, if you don't know what I'm saying. And some of you might or might not know this, but Pastor Cat doesn't like to eat pork. So in her dream, she chose to go for the chicken. And all her friends were telling her, go for the pork, there's less. If you eat it, we can win it. Because they were looking at her, thinking that she can't eat much. And if she doesn't go the easier route, we will lose it for the rest of us. But she went for the mountain of drumsticks. And then she told me, oh, in the dream, I not only finished all the drumsticks, but our team came in first. And then everyone was, everyone was going to me, going like, you know, wow, we didn't know you, you could do all this. And so she told me that, thinking that it's just a weird dream, weird dream Sunday. Not realizing that the husband had just had an invitation turns and go like, I believe what the Holy Spirit is trying to say is that in life, you will be given choices to go by conviction or convenience. And the conviction for her, in, in, in her own way, was that, oh, I don't like pig, I don't like the taste, uh, I don't like the touch. Uh. And to do that, it is easier, but it is against who I am. But this is more, but so much more that I'm not sure whether I can accomplish it. And so I told her, I believe that God is trying to tell you that in life, maybe in work, in, in career, whatever it is, maybe it's for this Sunday, maybe it's for days to come, you'll be faced with decisions to either take the easy way out or to do things the right way. There might be longer, there might be more troublesome, and there will be peer pressure against that. And everyone is saying, that, do it this way. Think about the team, think about other people. But she's like, no, I'm going to do it this way. And then, of course, in the end, finish the race. And God is saying that when you choose to live by conviction, you will always win. And so when we carry the baggage of standing out, the odd-sized baggage of the cross, we will stand out. And it's not easy to stand out. One of the biggest challenges of being a Christian is that we have no choice. We stand out. We don't, you know, we believe that God has given us power of life and death in our tongue. There are certain languages we will never use. We will never curse. And it's not just vocabulary. We will never gossip. We will never talk bad about another individual. We will, that's not who Christ is. That's not what God created me, a mouth. He didn't give me a mouth so that I can gossip. He gave me a mouth so that I can praise Him. He gave me a mouth so that I can encourage. He gave me a mouth so that I can share the gospel. And so in life, in our work, in, we'll be faced with going with the flow or standing out. And God is saying that would you choose to stand out? And it's a baggage. But stand out, I pray for the right things. In your office, may you stand out for your kindness. May you stand out for your work ethic. 
And maybe that's another way of standing out. You know, sometimes Christians were good at spiritually standing out, but horrible at everything else. You know, we wear the largest Christian t-shirt, you know, wearing the largest cross. I used to think that when I was in college. You know, a bunch of us, I know we were lame, but we used to tell each other, every Thursday is Christian t-shirt day. So we're all going to wear a Christian t-shirt to college together. And so by, by wearing that Christian t-shirt, people will ask us, hey, how come it doesn't say Coca-Cola, it says Jesus Christ? How come it doesn't say, you know, Calvin Klein, it says Jesus, you know, because at that time, at that time in Malaysia, there was this, this you know, brand of Christian t-shirts that, that used the logo font of traditional, you know, famous brands and give it a Christian twist. And we thought that, wow, if I could wear that, I'm going to shout for Jesus. That doesn't shout for Jesus. That just makes you look like you have poor fashion choice. When you live for Christ, you see, some of us, we can wear a, a huge Christian T-shirt, sign up for every conference, you know, and, and I work with young people. I, I mean, I still do, but cooler. The young people here are cooler. Uh, I, I used to work with uh, students and then students, you know what students love to do? They sign up for like a big brand conference and then it comes with a tag and they wear that tag for the rest of the month until that tag disintegrates in their arm. You know, oh, Pastor, this is, no, I went for the Young and Free event. So this, this, the band says Young and Free 2016. And we, we, we wear that thinking that that makes us stand out. No, what makes you stand out? is your faith. What makes you stand out is your conviction. What makes you stand out is your purity. What makes you stand out are the godly things that it's not easy, but you choose to do so to honour God. But what also makes you stand out is your excellence. Wouldn't it be awesome if Christians are also known to be some of the most excellent in their work ethic, most excellent in, in their knowledge, most, most, most friendly in welcoming people, and God is saying that I want my people to stand out, to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. When you carry the cross, you stand out. But let you stand, let, may you stand out for all the right reasons. You know, may you stand out for your kindness. May you stand out for your generosity. May you stand out for, you know, for even, you know, like we always want to and we believe, you know, for God to use us in, 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 the spiritual gifts, whether prophetic and all that is great. But don't just stand up for those things. You know, don't just be the overly spiritual person who goes like, no, God's given me an ability to interpret dreams. So what was your dream last night, Rora? People will be like, uh, I, I dreamt that you left the office. You know, <laughs> I dreamt that God, you know, that, that the boss fired you. It, no. But, but sometimes our excellence needs to stand out before God will allow us to operate in the spiritual. Does that make sense? You know, you got to be on time for work before God can use you. you you gotta, you got to deliver on, on the right things before God can deliver you. But at the same time, do both. Stand out for your excellence, but stand out for your conviction. When everyone says, this is the easier way, I pray that you will stand and say that, no, I'm not going to do that. That's not righteous. But nobody can see that's not right. The world will always ask us to compromise. But may we stand out you know, by standing firm on God's Word. Do you know that uh, oh, I have a friend. Uh, she, you know, is, uh, you know, very blessed and a beautiful girl, but uh, she's still single. And, and because, and, and um, you know, she 
always gives this as a reason. A lot of people go like, you know, how come you're not dating yet? You know, we don't get it. And then this person says, oh, because I'm, uh, I only want to date Christians. And then the friends will go like, come on, come on, look at that guy, that guy, I think that guy likes you. No, no, but if he doesn't love Jesus, I, I don't want him. And that makes her stand out. Because on the flip side, her dad's a, a, a VVIP. Her dad's like a big shot. You know, her dad is, you know, known in, in I won't mention his name, but he's known, publicly known. And then, but because of her standing out on that conviction, on that just one conviction, she's excellent in a lot of other ways. Uh, the father now goes around lamenting, ah, oh, you know, uh, your, your, your son's single, you want my daughter, but huh? must be Christian, you know, must be Christian. Otherwise, my daughter don't want him. And, and so the dad is actually, you know, works in the political realm. So now because of one girl's obedience, that's almost like the name of Jesus, the conviction of, of that, that God's Word uh, is, is, is true, is being evangelized among ministers, evangelized, you know, among the VVIP, evangelized among the rich, making them go like, oh, wow. Why? Why is she so strong about Jesus? I don't know. I don't know. Girl, you come, come. Tell, tell. Tell minister so-and-so why you, you don't want to date his son. <laughs> but when you stand out, you win. And when you stand out, God is glorified. But is it easy? No. That's why it's a baggage. And I pray that all of us will carry this just like how Jesus wants us to. If we want to be His followers, the first thing He tells us is this, I'm here for a purpose, so I'm looking for disciples. But if you still want to be my disciple, then understand that you need to change. And that change requires you to stand out. But I guarantee you that as you stand out, as you stand out and as your actions lift Jesus up, the Bible says, He will draw all men unto Him. Let's pray. Father Lord, we thank You for Your Word. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask us, Lord, uh, to help us to live this out. God, You are not here for followers. You are not here for members. God, You are not here about all these things. But God, You want us to live for You and live for Your glory. So God, I pray, Lord, that may we learn to uh, not only say we know you, but to change our lives to match yours. God, help us to see your purpose in everything that we do. And in so doing, cherish everything. And that certainly that, that job is not just a job. It's, it's, it's God-blessed and God-given. Certainly my family is not just my family. They had to drive me insane. No, there's a purpose that is a purpose. God is glorified in that situation. God, help us to also change because God, we know that you want to move. You've been wanting to move. And God, your desire to see the book of Acts be a continuation all the way to the modern day. But God, for you to move, we've got to change. So God, help us to change for your glory. And God, help us, Lord, not to be afraid, Lord, to stand out for all the right reasons, to stand out for our conviction, to stand firm on your word, 
trusting God that as we stand for you and as we stand for excellence and as we stand for kindness, as we stand for justice, as we stand for love, as we stand for forgiveness, as we stand for healing, as we stand for miracles, as we stand for the supernatural God, you will win and you will be glorified and you will draw all men to yourself. Help us, Lord, to live it out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.